Section 24 of Frontier Humor in Verse, Prose, and Picture. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Dana Olson. Frontier Humor in Verse, Prose, and Picture by Palmer Cox. A Brilliant Forensic Effort. Having learned that a highly educated and respectable lady of this city had instituted a suit in one of our courts for the purpose of obtaining a divorce from her husband, I stepped into the Hall of Justice to learn how the case progressed. The fact of a young wife demanding a separation in a country like this, which is proverbial for its separations, is nothing to be wondered at, and I was considerably surprised on reaching the courtroom to find it so full of people that I could hardly gain admittance. I was not so much astonished at the great rush, however, when informed by the bailiff that the ground on which the lady rested her case was that her husband snored. As I entered, the plaintiff's lawyer commenced addressing the court. He entered into the case with the spirit and fire of a clay or a webster. After reviewing and commenting largely upon the testimony given in the case, he ended his argument in the following words. Now, sir, whatever other people may think of this application. I take a bold stand, regardless whose corns or bunions I tread upon, so long as I put my foot down where it belongs. We have too many snorers among us. They are in our places of amusement, introducing groans and thunder where none were intended to play. We find them in our places of worship, breaking forth in the midst of the pastor's prayer, or while he is picturing to the congregation the wreck of ages and the crash of worlds. I maintain that this application is a righteous one that it is a shot in the right direction, which will in all likelihood eventually bring down the game, and were I a judge invested with power to decide a peculiar case of this kind, I would show no hesitation, but grant the plaintiff her natural and very reasonable request more readily than if the grounds on which she sued for a separation were drunkenness or desertion. The absurdity of an irascible wife seeking a divorce from a husband because he indulges too freely in the flowing bowl must be apparent to all. She rushes into the crowded courtroom and, figuratively speaking, catches the astonished justice by the ears as Job in the extremity of his distress laid upon the horns of the altar and requests him to sever the chafing bonds with his legal shears. Again, what a pitiable lack of discretion that woman exhibits who appeals to the court merely because her husband deserts her, leaving her to pursue the even tenor of her way. Why, in nine cases out of ten, this is a consummation devoutly to be wished. She is left untrammeled and has no husband to support. I will not allude to the many other failings which wreck a home and put out the cheerful light of many a hearthstone. But, sir, it is with no ordinary thrill of pride that I espouse the cause of the woman who seeks a divorce from a snoring husband. I say, and I may remark that I say it boldly, that I rejoice it was reserved for me to raise my voice in her defense. I hold that a man who with malice aforethought takes from her peaceful home a tender and confiding maiden without first informing her of his trouble commits a grave and unpardonable crime. The dogs of justice should be loosed at his heels to hound him from Puget Sound to Pamasquity Bay. He should be made to repent his villainous act. Think how the tender nerves of a sensitive creature must be shocked on being awakened by such an outburst. Picture to yourself her husband, not breathing her name in words of love, but lying flat on his back and snoring with the vehemence of a stranded porpoise. 
Now, sir, I ask what mercy should be shown the monster who has himself shown none. He has doomed a fair representative of that sex whose presence civilizes ours, to an ever-new affliction and a life of perpetual wakefulness. What course can she pursue? There are but two roads. Which shall she take? One leads to the courtroom and the other leads to the cemetery. She must either be freed from her husband or go down to an untimely grave, perhaps to have her place quickly filled by another unsuspecting victim. No, Your Honor, this man, and I regret to say it, this husband and father, should not be permitted to destroy the peace and bright prospects of more than one female. Let it be known to the world that he has ruined the hopes of a loving wife. Let it be blazoned upon the housetops and upon the fences that he snores. Then let him get another mate if he can. The wife should not only have a divorce from the deceptive monster, but she should have the custody of the children. She deserves them by virtue of her long-suffering and patience, while he who has so heartlessly deceived her cannot be competent to guide their little feet aright in the dangerous walks of life. On behalf of this sorrowing wife, all other wives, and of the wives yet to be, who are ripening into womanhood around our hearths, I cry separation. In the name of confidence betrayed, of hopes blasted, and of a life aged before its time, I repeat, separation, separation. He sank into his seat, and despite the order of the bailiff for silence in court, generous applause swept throughout the room. The judge took occasion to compliment the lawyer for his able argument, and said it was the greatest forensic effort he had listened to since he assumed the responsibilities of his office. The prayer was granted, and the children awarded to the plaintiff. End of section 24